Hey guys, really excited to be able to share with you all today. We are talking about our final scripture in our Makarios Be Happy Attitude series. Ah, how good has the series been? I'm a little bit sad that it's ending, but today we're going to end strong. We're going to end on a great note. And I believe that this word is going to be a powerful word for all of our lives. And so I just encourage you watching today. Let's get ready to open our hearts and get ready to receive something fresh from God today. So let's finish this incredible series up with this scripture. Matthew 5 verse 10. This is the final beatitude. This is the final big verse that Jesus really spoke about in this section. It says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So today's message title I have called, How to Outlive Your Critics. Yes, in this world, in this life, we will face challenges. We will go through trials and Maybe even because becoming a Christian more so than maybe not believing in God, we will experience certain types of criticism in our lives. And so Jesus is talking about persecution here. There's going to be a great reward, the kingdom of heaven. And so for us, we want to contextualize this to our day, to our locations, to our culture. What does this persecution mean for us today in 2022? And I believe a lot of people that face persecution comes in the form of criticism. Now, there are certain countries and cultures in the world where it is even forbidden to say that you believe in Jesus under fear of death, under punishment of death. And so I I give praise to God that I live in a safe country, in a country where I can be free to be able to believe in God, to be able to believe in Jesus. So back in the day when Jesus is talking about persecution, He's talking, you know, back then, it was a lot of those situations where people were persecuted for believing in Jesus. And it wasn't just words. It was actually physical actions, physical harm done to people. There were many people that were actually killed for their faith in Jesus. It was a wild time back then. So aren't you grateful that we live in this age, in this generation? Because in this generation, For most of us, we don't face that level of persecution, but we do face a level of persecution in the form of criticism. So what do we do when we get criticized for our faith? We're going to be talking about it today. And you know, in in this life, like I said, there's going to be challenges. And God doesn't say after becoming a Christian, all your problems are going to go away. If you believe in me, you're going to live an easy life with no problems. That is not what God says at all. God is saying like, hey, it might not be necessarily an easy life, but it can be a good life. It can be a makarios life. It can be a life full of blessings, full of experiencing God. Yes, we might experience hard things. We've been through two years of hard things. We're coming out of that season, of that series, of our life. But yes, we all experience difficult things in life. And so I think that it's really important to see the next two scriptures 
that Jesus talks about. So he gives our Beatitudes. That was the final one, verse 10. Jesus follows this one up with two more verses to kind of really just solidify what is he talking about when he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake. We go on to read in verse 11. It says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. (laughs) Isn't this crazy? Jesus is actually taking this word persecution and narrowing it down to these things. It's like if people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of bad things about you, a lot of that sounds like criticism. A lot of that is something that we might face in this day, in this age of social media, where anybody can write anything about anyone else, and it's, it's out there. It's out there for the world to see. We live in a world full of criticism, right? So as Christians, what do we do? So Jesus goes on to say, verse 12, rejoice And be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus is saying persecution, criticism, this ain't no new thing. This has been happening for years and years and years. This is before Jesus, right? For us, Jesus, 2,000 years ago. Thousands of years before Jesus, hundreds of years, there was prophets and people that were trying to proclaim the coming of Jesus and they were persecuted too. This is not a new thing that is maybe exclusive to our era, to our generation, to our cultures. This has been something that's been going on for a long time. And Jesus doesn't say, if you're persecuted, he says, when you're persecuted. This is, I'm sorry to say, it's going to be a sure thing that there's going to be trials that come. And something that we need to understand, and I think a lot of, especially young Christians, need to understand this concept is that not everyone is going to be your friend. I'm sorry to tell you that. Not everyone is going to follow you on Instagram. Oh, it hurts. Oh, the pain. Not everyone is going to like your posts. Ah. Oh, it hurts so much, right? Okay, I'm, I'm being silly. But the truth is, we're not going to be friends with everybody. We're not going to share the same views with everybody. We're not going to share the same opinions with everybody. We're not going to believe in the same things as everybody else. It is impossible to please everyone. And I think we, especially young people, especially people that have been grown up on Instagram, on social media, we need to understand that it's okay not to be everyone's friend, that it's okay to not be liked by everyone. It's okay to not be the most popular kid in class or the most popular employee at work. It is okay. We're not called to be the most popular person or the most liked person. We're called to be the light of the world. We're called to shine a light in the dark places. And if there's a dark place, that means there might be some criticism there, right? It's crazy to think about it, but this is the way it is. And we need to understand as Christians that not everyone is going to rejoice if you say you become a Christian. And I like the story of my dad. When he first became a Christian, when he was 19 years old, he was working at the fire station. And, uh, you know, you can imagine a fire station full of like, you know, buff guys, rough guys. 
And uh, my dad, he becomes a Christian. He comes to the fire station. He's like, guys, I've got great news. I believe in Jesus. Expecting everyone to go, ah, yeah, Rod, yeah. No one even looked at him. <laughs> everyone was just like, all right, whatever. He was met with apathy, right? People weren't rejoicing with his decision. He thought they were going to rejoice. And in fact, a few days later, he was actually hit in the head by one of the guys at the fire station saying, don't you ever speak about Jesus again. What? That's insane, right? Have you ever been hit for your faith? If you have, my goodness, you are one of the, one of the best ones out there. <laughs> but most of us, I don't think, have experienced that level of persecution, which, to be honest, is, is mild compared to some persecution that, like I said, some people face in the world. But not everyone is going to rejoice, especially if you say that you believe in Jesus. You might actually lose friends, right? Wow, isn't that a concept that is mind-blowing? But it's important for us to understand that this is the way that things might be, is that not everyone is going to rejoice with you. And sometimes we are faced with persecution, we are faced with criticism, and there's a story in the Bible that I want to read with you guys, a story that may be a little bit more uh, relatable to us, not such a heavy persecution story, but it is a story where we will see these guys, uh, they do something good, but then maybe not something good is returned to them for their good actions. So let's read uh, in Acts chapter 3. Let me set it up for you guys. Peter and John go to the temple. And this is after Jesus has ascended into heaven. They go to the temple. It is packed. This temple is not like a small building. It is a courtyard. It's got many places there. It would have been packed with people. We're talking thousands of people would have been there that day. And so at the front of the gate to the temple, uh, this, this beggar, this man that was lame, he couldn't walk, he was crippled. He would always be placed at the gate so that he could ask for money, he could beg for money. And he had been there at the gate for 40 years. Everybody that goes to that temple frequently knows that man. They have seen that man. And that man has seen them. And so Peter and John is no exception. Peter and John would have seen that man every time they went to the temple. And that man probably recognized Peter and John as well. And so these guys, Peter and John, they, they walk up into the temple and this, this beggar turns to them at the temple gates and ask them for some money. So let's see this story. Let's dive right in. Acts chapter 3, verse 4 to 10. It says, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Oh, this beggar, he got their attention. They turned their body, their shoulders are facing him. This blind man, is, oh not blind man, this crippled man's thinking, you know what? I'm going to get some coins today. Then Peter said, Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. <laughs> I love it. The audacity of Peter is just, I love it. And so taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people, this place is packed. 
when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him. This was the man at the gate. He's been there every day for 40 years. They recognized him and they, the, and the, uh, <laughs> they recognized him as the man that used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they, the people, were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Everyone sees this miracle. Right, So it's an incredible story that this man is miraculously, supernaturally healed. He walks into the temple gates. People are there. People begin to notice. People begin to rush over. There's like this big crowd forming around this man. He's in the center of this mob that's just praising God and saying, wow, what is happening? This man is jumping. This man is walking. How is this possible? And so we would imagine, wow, Peter and John, amazing. You guys did some good things. And this is what we usually expect to happen in life. Good people do good things. Therefore, they will get good things done to them in return. Right? Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that sound fair? But as you may know, sometimes life doesn't necessarily play out how we expect it to. And in this story, uh, is no different. And so these people were, were, were rejoicing. It's a party going on in here. And these guys, these other guys, have to turn up and ruin the party. So Acts chapter 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees come up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. And they were greatly disturbed. Oh, greatly disturbed. Because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus' resurrection of the dead. So these guys rock up and they're, they're walking in there with their sour faces like, mm, 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 mm. Uh, don't do that. Uh, we don't like that. And so they seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. So Peter and John heal a man, cause a party, cause a celebration. And what do they get in return? jail. That's their reward for healing a man. That's their reward for speaking in Jesus' name. Do they get accolades? Do they get praise? Do they get, you know, all this stuff that they probably should have got? No, they got jail time. They went to jail for a whole night. They had to sit in this filthy jail for a whole night. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed, men only, who believed grew to about 5,000 men only. That means there would have been even more people there, thousands more. There would have been women and children. There would have been some people that did not believe as well. There would have been thousands of people here at this day celebrating. And these stinkers come on and they throw Peter and John into jail. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't that seem unfair? And so after that, basically summarizing uh, Peter and John, they have to appeal to the court. And Peter's appeal to the court is phenomenal. He basically wows the court because he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And he just goes at them and he says, Jesus did this and you did this and this is the result. And, and he, he basically preaches to his enemies. <laughs> the audacity of this man. I love it. And so this actually kind of works 
because the, the leaders, they don't really know what to do with Peter and John. And so it goes on verse 17, but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, because people were going wild, they were losing their mind that this man, 40 years, had never walked, now is jumping around. And so these leaders, these religious leaders, they say, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. In, they can't even say it, in the name of Jesus. Then they called them in again, Peter and John, and commanded them to not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the audacity of Peter and John. They're just in there, surrounded by enemies, surrounded by critics, surrounded by negativity. And what did they say? We are not ashamed in what we believe. You might say this, but I know God says this. And who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to you, the negative voices, the naysayers, the ones that said, I can't or I shouldn't or don't do that? Or am I going to listen to our Father in heaven? who says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who says that I have now given you my Holy Spirit. Now the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Am I going to listen to that voice or that voice? They say to their enemies, you be the judge. What do you think, enemies? What do you think, negative people? Do you think your negativity is going to make us be quiet? No, not at all. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They understood makarios. They understood blessing. They understood that it's actually not just for this earth, for this world, but when we die, we're going to heaven and there will be an eternal makarios, the kingdom of heaven. There will be a makarios, a blessing for us in heaven as well as here on earth. We can have blessing in our trials. We can have blessing in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of our criticism and negativity. God is with us. God was with Peter and John. And that's why they had this boldness. They had this Holy Spirit power to be able to speak out boldly and say, look, we're not ashamed of what we believe in. You can choose what you want to do but I'm going to choose what I'm going to do. And I love it. I think it's so beautiful. I think it's so strong. And I want to be more like that. Don't you? Hearing this story, don't you want to think like, wow, I want to be more like Peter and John that can stand up in the face of adversity, can stand up in the face of negativity and say, I hear you, but what I hear is not going to affect me. I hear, I hear the negativity. I am aware that it's there. But, the voice of my Father, the voice of God, is stronger in my life than the voice of the critics around me. And so, what does this mean for us? A few quick points for me to go through with you. Or how can we outlive our critics? We need to understand that we will have trials. Like I said before, we're going to have trials. We're going to have problems. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean that we get to, you know, just live our life free of problems. No. And I think some people get this weird, like, kind of like Disneyland fantasy about becoming a Christian. Like, oh, Disneyland, happiest place on earth. Nothing bad ever happens at Disneyland. And people kind of think 
becoming a Christian or going to church is going to be the same experience. But it's not. And things happen. And life is real. And there's pandemics. And there's war. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening in the world. Yes, there are trials. Yes, there are challenges that touch our lives. Becoming a Christian doesn't make us immune. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean that we'll never experience hurt. Again, being a, becoming a Christian doesn't mean everybody's going to be our friend, that everybody's going to like us, because this, this culture is obsessed with trying to make people like us. On our Instagram, it, it has a button called like. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the world is trying to get you to make other people like you. And it doesn't work. And this leads to so much mental anxiety and mental problems and people having stress and depression. All of that stuff leads to negative things. But we need to understand that it's not about trying to get the appraisal of other people or trying to get the, the recognition from other people. We need to understand that there's going to be some tough times. I love this saying from Aristotle, a great uh, Greek philosopher. And he said, if you don't want to be criticized, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Wow, isn't that that's pretty deep. If you don't want to be criticized, if you want to be friends with everybody around you, if you want everyone to like you, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. I don't want to be like that. <laughs> I want to say something. I want to say that I like that I love Jesus, that I live for Jesus, that Jesus has changed my life. I want to do something for God. I want to do something for people. I want to be somebody. I want to be the person that God has created me to be. Therefore, I need to understand that that comes with some challenges, that comes with some criticism. But we can learn to rise above because we also need to understand that we have Jesus, that we can rise above because we have Jesus. And that's what Peter was able to do. He was able to rise above because he had the Holy Spirit inside of him. It wasn't just human strength that he was able to stand in front of those naysayers. It's because that he had Jesus on the inside that he was able to stand strong and say, no, I believe in God. You can say this, I'm gonna do this. I love it. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Come on. Don't you love it? Jesus has already overcome the world. He has already overcome the negativity and persecution and criticism that is out there. If we put our trust in Jesus, then we are already victorious. We are already overcomers because Jesus was victorious on the cross. When He died on that cross for our sins, He said, it is finished. And that means He had overcome the trials and sorrows in the world. Does that mean we will still experience trials and sorrows? Yes, but we can still also experience the love and supernatural power of God in the trials, in the hard times, in the sorrow. God is with us. God is helping us. God is strengthening us. And it says, I've told you this so you may have peace. 
Isn't that something that we all want in this day and age? I think we all want peace. And Jesus says, I am here. I have overcome the world so that you might have peace. In the face of trials, you might have peace. And the final thing I just want to say is that when we hold on to Jesus, we have Makarios. So we will have trials, we have Jesus, and we will have Makarios. And that's what Jesus is talking about in the, the Beatitudes that we read, is that Jesus wants to help us understand that just because we have trials doesn't mean our Makarios is taken away. Doesn't mean our our blessing, our happiness needs to be taken away. We can find blessing in the trial. Mark 10 verse 23 to 30. This is my last scripture. Jesus said, yes, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and property along with persecution, right? And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. We're not just built to live here on earth. We were built to have an eternal relationship with God, with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, yes, you might experience trials here on earth. But after, when we die and go to heaven, we won't experience trials. We won't experience sorrow. We will be in heaven with Jesus rejoicing and we will have the ultimate makarios, the ultimate blessing. What we do on this earth counts. How we respond to criticism, how we respond to persecution and hard times around us counts. Because yes, maybe sometimes we might lose something. Something might be done to us. We might feel pain and hurt. But at the end of the day, we're going to go to heaven to be with Jesus. Come on. And Jesus is saying you need to have an eternal mindset that you're not just living for these few years on this earth, that we're living for eternity. And those who are able to understand this concept of makarios will experience even greater, a hundred times more makarios in heaven as well. So lastly, let me just read that first scripture one more time in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10, the final beatitude for our series. Uh, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because of Jesus. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the blessing in eternity. So guys, I want to encourage you. If you are going through a hard time, let's get to God. Let's rely on Jesus. He is our blessing. He is our source of strength. He is the reason we can get through, that we can make it through the trials and sorrows. So right now, I'd like to take a moment to be able to pray with you all that we could all experience this supernatural, heavenly Makarios. Why don't you raise your hands with me and let's pray. Yeah, God, we thank you so much that Jesus, that you died on the cross for us so that we could live in Makarios, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what criticism or persecution we may face, God. I pray that you would help us be strong in the midst of the hard times. I pray that you would comfort us when we are feeling sad or when we are feeling grief or sorrow or feeling lost, God. I pray that you would comfort anybody right now that's going through those emotions, God. And I pray that you would strengthen them. You would uplift them and that you would uplift all of us so that we could just be 
bold and unashamed of you and the gospel. We want to be more like Peter and John that was able to stand in front of adversity and be able to proclaim the name of Jesus, God. I pray that you would help us as Christians go into the world to be your light, God. And we just thank you that you are a God of Makarios. You are a God of blessing. And so, God, I pray that we would experience that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And lastly, I'd just like to pray for anyone who maybe does not yet know Jesus and you want to believe in Jesus. Or maybe you used to believe in Jesus and you want to come back to God. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to say now. And when I do, I'm going to ask you to simply make that decision where you are. And all you need to know is that God loves you. He sent Jesus to this earth to die for you. And He rose again three days later. He's alive today. And when we believe in Him, we can experience Makarios and eternal blessing with Him. And if that's something that you think, yeah, that sounds pretty good. I want to try Jesus. I want to believe in Jesus. Then when I say now, I'm going to ask you to respond. Are you ready? Three, two, one, now. Why don't you make that decision in your heart? Come on. And lastly, let me just pray for you all that made that decision. Yeah, God, I thank you so much for these amazing people making that decision. I pray that you would come into their life in a powerful way. I pray that they'll be able to experience your love and your peace and your makarios. I pray that you wipe away all of their sins in Jesus' name and that they would be ready and excited to live the life that you have planned for them. We thank you, God. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this be Happy Attitudes series. We've got a great series coming up from next week. Make sure you don't miss it out. And I pray that you guys have a blessed week and we'll see you next time. Bye guys.